Oh, my God. 
minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
been memories years flung by Remembering the words you used to say Who would ever think we'd have to say goodbye And face that final day All your life concerned about the best for me Even in your final days that passed Left in shock here thinking Can it really be It happened all so fast Now I All these years now their memories Energy was endless Cause you cared so much Love and kindness So unique in style Lending hand for everyone Your special touch So comforting your smile Forever we'll remember all the deeds you've done Continue in your footsteps, in your ways Sharing life and comforting to everyone Happy days, the tears, 
love you gave us all these years Now they're memories Happy days, the tears The love you gave us all these years Now they're
Baruch Levine and company with Animus Miros. Avram Fried before that with Rachem. You heard me von Siach, Michal Przanski, Simcha Liner live with Yodati. Memories, that classic from Mordechai and David. Miami had Kilacha. Yaakov Shweki, a brand new title track. Yaakov Shweki, the brand new title track to L'Chaim. That is a good title track. It's a good song. Got to play that more. Um, that's the brand new album, L'Chaim. Soul Stirring from Maishi Menlowitz and, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Thursday on this June 24th, day 14, the month of Tammuz, the year 5781. Tufshin Pei Aleph. They're getting ready up in Camp Misora. I believe today is the day that staff arrives. Up in Guilford, New York, I'm sure a lot of summer camps are feeling this uh, transition from empty campus to active campus <laughs> as uh, a lot of camps are kicking off orientation. Some camps, I think, have actually started you know, real camp. So best regards to everybody up in Guilford uh, and our friends at Camp Missoura and best regards to all the summer camps out there. All those that are making an impact on the lives of our children, all those that are preparing for an amazing seven or eight, maybe sometimes a nine-week summer period. Although this year, I think uh, every summer, uh, every camp summer is going to be on the short side since uh, Rosh Hashanah is a Labor Day night. Anyway, welcome to a Thursday, whether you're in camp, whether you're traveling. Remember, no matter where you are now, these days in 2021, no matter where you are, you've got us with you. In your iPad, on your computer, in your phone, your app, of course. We're here. We're here, and we're here every single day of the year. Um, Mark Zamek calls our uh, network on Thursday night and Friday the soundtrack for an Erev Shabbos. We're your soundtrack for life. We are your soundtrack for your life. 
you wake up, keep us on, whether in the background or foreground, and you just have us on all through the summer. We'll start a three weeks format on Sunday, by the way. We'll start our three weeks format Sunday, Shavasar Batamos. And then three weeks later, we'll kick off yet another uh, preseason, I would call it this year. It's really early, right? Tishabab is the 18th of July. So I'd say preseason. And then as we get toward the middle of uh, of August, we'll get into the uh, the the meat of the year, so to speak. Um, so we'll see about all that. Anyway, <sighs> welcome to a Thursday. 62 degrees, 73% humidity, winds in Nor. I know. We're. <laughs> I'll tell you the way things work here. I hate to tell you what month we've been talking about. We are we're deep into 2022 here. Um, I guess on the air. Uh, the most I've alluded to is Rosh Hashanah um, coming up in a couple of months, but uh, we're deep into 2022 as we think about our 10th season at the Nahum Siegel Network. 62 degrees, 73% humidity, winds are north at 2 miles per hour. Sun, clouds, got it all with a high of 77. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 61. Morning clouds, afternoon sun for tomorrow, a high of 80 degrees. 83 right now in Yerushalayim. We're at 62 in New York City. And we say good morning here at JM in the AM. Uh, well, we have a, a really nice lineup today, to say the least. Um, we will speak with a representative of uh, Lander College, as uh, Turo's Lander Colleges has its accelerated admissions day coming up on Monday. We'll do that coming up here at JM in the AM. Jonasen Rosenblum. Jonasen Rosenblum, who is an acclaimed author, a noted columnist, He's author of many landmark biographies of great Torah leaders. He has written a book, A Tap on the Shoulder, Rabbi Meir Schuster in a Magical Era of Tshuva. Jonasen Rosenblum wrote the book. He'll join us coming up at 8 o'clock this morning here at JM and the AM. I am highly, highly recommend. I just finished a book this morning. I am highly recommending it to everybody. You want to be inspired? Go to artscroll.com, go to artscroll.com. A Tap on the Shoulder is the book. A Tap on the Shoulder. Use promo code radio and you use promo code radio at artscroll.com. It's a major discount and free shipping, no minimum. Major discount, free shipping, no minimum when you use promo code radio at artscroll.com. Take advantage of the brand new Jonas and Rosenblum book. You will be, it is so inspired. If you can get it, by the way, if you can get it by, by today or tomorrow, It'll make your Shabbos. It'll make your Shabbos. It is so inspiring. Just amazing. Really, really amazing. want to thank our friends from Partners in Torah. If you go to Partners in Torah and you scroll down a drop on the homepage, you will see their new algorithm method um, that matches you as a teacher or matches you as a student to the right person to study with a half hour a week, an hour a week, whatever it is you want to study. All the information is at partnersintorah.org. Become one of these uh, 10,000 for the year 2021 that they're trying to match up. 10,000. And they're within striking distance. They have over 6,000 already uh, people participating brand new in 2021. So uh, get into that by uh, going to partnersintorah.org. Um, what else did I want to mention to everybody? So much going on here. So much happening. Um, yeah. 
I see listener Cena sent us a note. Apparently, she's in the doghouse for forgetting somebody's Simcha. Okay, we'll get to that later on. <laughs> Anything I can do to help in a situation like that, I will do. <laughs> Trust me. By the way, on Monday, Rib Judah Michelle is going to join us. Camp Haskell begins at the beginning of next week. So we'll talk about that. Also, today, uh, I, there's a lot of camp conversation here. Today, Miriam L. Wallach at 1030 is going to speak to her by Ellie Brazil. He is the director of Camp Cayley, and they are, of course, uh, out of COVID, but still with some precautions and whatever necessarily needs to be done to open the camp season. So Miriam Wallach will speak to her by Ellie Brazil coming up this morning at 1030 here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, you know about the results in the New York City mayoral uh, race, a um, decisive or sort of decisive victory, it seems. Obviously, the ranked choice has to you know go through the whole process, but a um, relatively looking decisive victory in the Democratic primary for um, Eric Adams, and we'll see what happens. His his acceptance speech, if you watched it, if you heard it, was pretty strong on on issues that we care a lot about. So let's hope that he has the wherewithal to um, you know actually carry all this out. Uh, the news came out yesterday. Many of you are already familiar with it. In fact, many of you contacted me because I had mentioned that I do have a reservation for Israel coming up the first week in July. And now it seems that uh, my wife and I will not be journeying to Israel. We have a uh, we have a certain attitude. Let's put it that way. Um, if God forbid there was an emergency, obviously we would try our best to get to Israel. But um, in terms of the uh, the forms and the 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 pressure that people seem to be under to try to get to Israel uh, when they need to at this point, um, we're, we're sort of going to avoid that, and now we'll wait until August the first. Vaccinated foreign tourists are not going to be allowed into Israel before August one, according to the government of Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, uh, as Israel increases, or I should say, faces an increase in coronavirus cases. So that is the latest. Who knows, maybe it'll change. Otherwise, please God, please God, please God, we'll go to Israel in health and good health uh, after August the 1st. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Round the world, the web, and the Nachum and the Nachum Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. on the background. There are news from Israel coming up and plenty more on this Thursday. A lot of special guests, including one hour from now, Jonathan Rosenblum on the biography of Rabbi Mayor Schuster. We'll do all that um, coming up. The book is called A Tap on the Shoulder. Check it out at artscroll.com and use promo code radio. Galitzal Israel Army Radio 2 p.m. newscast next. Galitzal Ashaashtaim, Bolpan, Eran Eliakim, Imashekurachshav. Amishtara, Mamlitzal Amidladin, Etrosh Eriat, Or Akiva, Yaakov Edri. בחשד לשוחד מרמה והפרת אמונים. מדווחת כתבתנו לענייני משטרה, הדס שטייף. ראש ראיית אור עקיבא בעבר צפוי לעמוד לדין בגין חשדות לכאורה לשוחד מרמה, הפרת אמונים, גניבה ועוד. מחומרי החקירה שהעבירה המשטרה לפרקליטות עולה כי במהלך עשור בו כיהן אדרי בתפקידים ציבוריים, פעל באופן שיטתי תוך ניצול מעמדו להיטיב עם בעלי אינטרסים בתמורה לשוחד. 200 עדים נחקרו מסורדות בפרשה, מה שאפשר לומר שיש ראיות לכאורה נגד אדרי בגין החשדות נגדו. הקורונה בישראל. מנכ״ל משרד הבריאות, הפרופסור חזי לוי, אומר לאמיר איבגי ביומן הצהריים, נראה שאירוע ההתפרצות כרגע בהכלה. 
אנחנו פועלים על ידי בידוד, כל הנגועים עניינית בשרשרות, עם תחקירים ובידוד, סגרנו את השכבות בבתי ספר הנגועים, חייבנו שם מסכות, ואנחנו קוראים לאנשים להיענות להנחיות, לרבות המסכות, לרבות הבידוד. אני חושב שזה עשוי להספיק כדי להכיל את האירוע הזה. נשיא המדינה ראובן ריבלין אומר בטקס האזכרה לציון 15 שנה למלחמת לבנון השנייה, האיום מהצפון עדיין קיים. שר הביטחון בני גנץ נאם גם הוא בטקס והצהיר, במבצעים הבאים נעזר בכוחות היבשה אם נצטרך. אנו מייחלים כמובן לשלום ולרגיעה, אך מוכנים להפעיל את מלוא היכולת אם נידרש לכך בכל זירה. ובהן הזירה הלבנונית. איננו מתמכרים לשקט מהצפון. מדינת ישראל לא תאפשר את המשך ההתעצמות האיראנית בלבנון. שר החוץ יאיר לפיד שוחח טלפונית עם שר החוץ של אומן, כך דווח בתקשורת הערבית. מלשכת לפיד לא נמסרה התייחסות. כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסה וולברג מזכירה כי לאומן ישנם קשרים רבים עם ישראל, אך לא מדובר בקשרים רשמיים. ראש ממשלת הרשות הפלסטינית מוחמד אשטאיה הודיע על הקמת ועדת חקירה בלתי תלויה שתחקור את מותו של הפעיל הפוליטי ניזהר בנת. לטענת משפחתו, בנת נרצח על ידי אנשי מנגנוני הביטחון הפלסטינים שעצרו אותו הלילה. בשעה זו מתקיימות ברמאללה ובחברון הפגנות זעם על מותו, ובהם מאות בני אדם קוראים קריאות נגד הרשות הפלסטינית ונגד אבו מאזן. ידיעה שמסר כתבנו לענייני צבא וביטחון, דורון קדוש. מזג האוויר, מחר עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורכת שיר עזרף. wide open teach me love teach me love help me fix what I have broken teach me to learn teach me to learn all my shadows follow closely but they fade in There's no secret I'm protecting Teach me love Teach me love In your wisdom
J.M. in the A.M., brand new from a young man named uh, Yaakov Rosenblum. Uh, Shema Kolenu is the name of that selection. Yaakov Rosenblum with, I, I believe, his first ever officially released single. And um, he just happens to be the grandson of one of the greatest guitar <laughs> guitarist, performers, and singers in the history of Jewish music. And that's, of course, our uh, dear friend Avraham Rosenblum. Anyway, Yaakov, on his own merit, as you just heard, a uh, really nice composer and singer, and that's brand new, and that, I believe, is his very first single, so we say mazal tov to him from all of us here at JM and the AM. Before that, his grandpa, <laughs> before that with Yivarechecha uh, and Mikol Malamdai here at the JM in the AM. It is a Thursday morning broadcast. I thank all of you for tuning in. Coming up, we've got uh, the brand new book by uh, Jonas and Rosenblum. The book is entitled... A Tap on the Shoulder of a Mayor Schuster in a Magical Era of Chuva. Uh, the book's available at artscroll.com. Use promo code radio. Again, go to artscroll.com. Use promo code radio every time you do. You get a nice discount and you get free shipping. Again, use promo code radio whenever ordering from artscroll.com. Always a good idea. 
Uh, We're in the midst of the last couple of days of our fundraiser. Our spring-summer fundraiser officially ends tomorrow, and I hope everybody out there feels the need to support us here at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. As we've described, listener support is one of our most important revenue streams. We cannot uh, exist without it. And thank God we are a proven commodity. We've existed as a JM and the AM broadcast for the last 38 years. We're actually celebrating our 38th anniversary on Erev Rosh Hashanah. I know, we're getting close to that magic number, believe you me, and God should give us the strength and the health to get to that magic number. Anyway, a big thank you to everybody who's been donating, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. A big thank you to those who've been sending in their envelopes. Much appreciated. And a big thank you, especially as we keep saying, to those who are donating in the memory of Mayor Weingarten, which is uh, so amazing and so incredible. I want to thank uh, Ari and uh, Sarah Senft of Flushing, New York, who say thank you for a wonderful show, and they give double chai in memory of Mayor Weingarten, who we enjoyed listening to. Also, Rufus Shlema to Chaya Devora Bas Sarah Sprinzo, who will be having surgery on the 24th of June. And uh, they ask everyone, please, Davin. Again, that's today, the 24th of June. Chaya Dvorah Bas Sarah for Lema. And a big thank you to the Senth family in uh, Flushing, New York, uh, for their double high donation. Much appreciated. Um, all right, just checking out some of the requests here. Some of these requests are actually to be read in July, so we'll hold on to those. I want to thank Mr. Michael Penn of uh, Brooklyn, New York, who's dedicated his donation to the uh, memory of Mayor Weingarten and in honor of the great Steve Adelsberg, a $100 donation. I thank Michael very much. Thank you, Michael Penn and the Penn family. Uh, Also, Rena Lewis has made a donation to the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. She wants to make sure it's acknowledged that it's going to JM and the AM in memory of Mayor Weingarten. Uh, she says, I am slowly making my way through the Israel Show archives and enjoying every minute of it. That's Rena Lewis in Jerusalem. Rena, thank you. We got your donation, and we thank you so much for that dedication. And listener Harry, Harry Fruman, uh, says that he just made a donation of Double Chai, and that's in memory of his father, Yosef Ben Reb Chaim. The yard site's today, the 14th of Tammuz. Uh, Yosef Ben Reb Chaim. Um, and uh, oh, and he wants us announced after seven thirty, so we'll do that a few minutes from now here as well at JM in the AM. Uh, so my thanks to all of you. The fundraiser is coming to a close. It'll be uh, over with tomorrow. The spring summer portion of our fundraiser. You won't hear from us again, likely till the middle of August when we do our pre Rosh Hashanah push. Uh, so please, if you haven't given yet, please give and please give generously. Um, FJBUnity.org. FJBUnity.org. Give what you can, give generously, and help us out. And for that, we are eternally grateful. And that is an understatement, frankly. You can't even imagine how grateful we are for the people that are supporting us with such incredible enthusiasm. It is such an amazing and wonderful feeling. Um, yeah. We'll go next to Dovi Shapiro. He's next to JM in the AM.
נושם, טועם, אני שומע ורואה, כאן במקום הזה, את כל מה שהיה, ואת כל מה שעוד יהיה, רק במקום הזה. אני שייך, הלב נמשך, אני בוכה להישאר. There we go. This is my home done by W. Um, Shapiro here at JM in the AM. Uh, yes, yes, yes. We'll do Rabbi Goldwasser coming up. Plenty happening here on a Thursday morning, including Rabbi, or I should say, Jonas on Rosenblum and a tap on the shoulder. That's the brand new book from ArtScroll. Go to ArtScroll.com. Use promo code radio. You'll be glad you did. That I could tell you. You get free shipping, plus you get a uh, nice discount. How do you like that? This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Enjoy a 10% discount at all Abel's and Hyman products at kosherdogs.net with promo code RADIO. A&H has been serving the kosher world since 1954, and A&H products are available at Better Kosher Supermarkets nationwide. And don't forget, this summer as you grill, A&H hot dogs are available at all Trader Joe's nationwide. How cool is that? 
The answer, very cool. Uh, so enjoy A&H today and get to know A&H. You will be glad that you did. We have a service here that we've been providing free of charge ever since the height of the uh, pandemic. And that is a resume service. We are trying very hard to get people um, jobs. Simple as that. And if we know somebody or can potentially um, match someone up with a job, we want to do it. Um, so feel free to send your resume in. Resume at NahumSiegel.com. Resume, R-E-S-U-M-E. Resume at NahumSiegel, N-A-C-H-U-M. S-E-G-A-L.com. Feel free to get those in, and we will try our best. Um, anything in the uh, Jewish not-for-profit professional area, we pass on to our friends at the Joel Paul Group. All the other things uh, that we receive, all the other resumes that we get, we try very hard to match someone up with a potential employer. Resume at NahumSiegel.com. That's how it works. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, And as we said earlier, uh, today is the yard site of Harry Fruman's uh, uh, father, Yosef ben Chaim. So we will dedicate morning chizuk to Yosef ben Chaim as well. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with morning chizuk. Good morning. We find the fascinating medrash in Vayikra. Why is Klal Yisrael compared to a bird? Just like the bird, it cannot fly without wings. They cannot do anything without their elders. The Medrash in Echa Rabbah says this is Merumah's on Nisuin, it alludes to the time when the children are going to get married and they leave the nest of their parents' home. The Medrash tells us that at this time, the parents need the Kanfeya of, they need the Schus of the Zkenim, of their parents and grandparents, the Avosakdoshim, our original forefathers, in order to build a Baisnemabi Yisrael and continue the Shalshelas Ha'avos, the golden chain of tradition. Rav Shlomo was a descendant of the Bach in the Chelkas Mechokek. He had a brother that lived in a different land. Unfortunately, the brother died without children. The Almana, his widow, required Chalitza. Despite the great distance, Rav Shlomo had to fulfill his obligation he had no choice. He had to travel by foot. He had absolutely no money. It was a long and arduous journey, but finally he reached his destination. His sister-in-law was so appreciative that she wanted to pay for the return trip. However, Reb Shlomo refused, saying that he did not want to sell the mitzvah. On his way home, Reb Shlomo met an old man at an inn. The man asked him, what brings you here? Rav Shlomo explained the noble purpose for his journey. The stranger offered him to pay for all of the expenses. Again, Rav Shlomo said, the mitzvah is not for sale. 
The elderly man told Reb Shlomo that because he had fulfilled the mitzvah with such sincerity and devotion, he would be blessed with a son who would illuminate the world with Torah and Kedusha. That very year, Reb Shlomo's wife gave birth to a son who became the famous Reb Chaim of Chernobyl, the Ber Mayim Chaim, in the Siduro Shel Shabbos. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
JM in the AM. Thursday morning with Except Saturday. <laughs> Except Saturday with the uh, selection entitled Lachuna Ranana here at JM in the AM. Um, well, Dean Moshe Sokol is joining us. He is the uh, dean of the uh, Lander College for Men. And as I've been reminding everybody all through this week, this coming Monday, Turo's Lander Colleges have an accelerated admissions day. Uh, again, that's happening uh, courtesy of Turo's Lander Colleges in three different locations on Monday. The College for Men in Queens on 150th Street in Kew Gardens Hills. That's from noon until 5. It's happening at the College for Women, women on the Upper West Side between 9.30 and 4.30 and at the Lander College of Arts and Sciences on Avenue J in Brooklyn. We spoke with the Dean Dean Goldschmidt the, uh, two days ago. For women, 10.30 until 3. For men, 4.30 until 7.30. It's so a bunch of phone numbers for information that we will give out uh, toward the end of this conversation, but I do want all students and parents out there to pay careful attention as we introduce Dr. Moshe Sokol to our airwaves. Dr. Sokol, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. And it's a pleasure to be with you. I I've known you and your family for a very long time. I work with your dad, as you may recall, for sure. many years. So uh, I feel a close connection to you and everything you do for the Jewish community. I appreciate that very much. And by the way, we have to get you on about the brand new book, which we'll do on another occasion. So I, lo- I look forward to a conversation about, about that, if you agree to that. Uh, that sounds good. I'd be delighted to share my thoughts with you about it. I thank you for that. And also, I, I can't let this opportunity pass by in this public forum and uh, the morning after your synagogue had such a meaningful shloshim seum in memory of Mayor Weingarten, one of the founders of the Yavna Minion, uh, if you could just share with us for a moment um, how, I mean, look, we know how devastating this loss was for us. Uh, Mayor was so dedicated to so many aspects of the Jewish world and the present and future of the Jewish people. Do you have any thoughts one month later about his passing? Well, it was a shock for all of us. It was an unimaginable tragedy as young as he was. Um, as I mentioned last night, uh, we read in Parshas Chukas that uh, two great, great Jewish leaders passed away, Miriam and Aaron. Right. Uh, with Miriam, we lost the uh, Be'er Mayim Chaim, and uh, with Aaron, we lost the Ananei HaKavod, according to Chazal. And with Mayer's passing, too, we lost the vitality, the freshness, the spirit, the neshama that he brought to us and to Jewish life. And we lost the Anne the protection that he afforded the Jewish community, and especially those in Israel, with his passionate, articulate defense of Eretz Yisrael. So we lost our own Anne Hakavod and Bear Mayim Chaim with the loss of Mayor. Amazing words and so accurate and much appreciated. Dean Sokol is with us. Dean Moshe Sokol leads Lander College for Men, and the Accelerated Admissions Day is coming up this coming. Monday. I mean, you've been with Turo Lander College for quite a while, and you have seen tremendous growth. This is not to say that there was anything wrong with Turo's early days, but look what they have become over all these years and decades. Dr. Sokol, how would you sum up the way they are now in 2021? Well, there is the broader institutional transformation from a small mom-and-pop operation under the visionary leadership of Dr. Lander to a massive... 19,000 student institution with uh, campuses across the world, five medical schools, the only Jewish 
the only medical school under Jewish auspices outside of Israel, many health science programs. Turo is one of the leading um, educators of health science professions in the professionals in the United States of America. So Turo, over the years, has undergone a remarkable transformation and evolution, really short years. We're just about to celebrate our 50th anniversary. Uh, and Dr. Alan Kadish, Dr. Lander's successor, uh, has done a brilliant job of carrying that mission forward. Uh, with respect to the Lander College for Men specifically, we started in 2000. I still vividly recall attempting to recruit that first class of students uh, with a limited number of faculty, with several Rosh Yeshiva, and now we have uh, a very, very full, full, exciting, vibrant Malcolm Torah and institution of higher learning, uh, which I think has had a real impact on, on Jewish life. Um, we have close to 400 students on campus, and uh, for our day students, which is the raison d'etre of the program, we have uh, a wonderful, wonderful yeshiva program with shiurim at the highest levels, with warm rabbeim who work with their talmidim and nurture them as they were nurtured in Israel. So the transition from Israel to the United States is, is seamless and, um, and our students do extremely well and academically as well. We have extraordinary uh, track record of success in a whole variety of disciplines and maybe over the course of, uh, of our few minutes together I can share with you some statistics about that. But that's quite a remarkable change which I witnessed because I was involved from the very, very beginning back in 2000 when we started the school. No question about it and we'll certainly invite you to uh, uh, speak about the programs and stats in a moment. But first, as so many students and their parents are tuned in this morning, can I assume this is the first time you've ever had an accelerated admissions day? As usual, uh, Nachum, you are astute. <laughs> it, is, it is our first attempt at such a venture, um, and we think it will make it uh, easier and less, um, uh, I guess, less full of anxiety <laughs> for young men or their parents to come in and just bring in their transcripts, and within a day we will... Uh, if the transcripts are official, fully admit them if they're admissible, process them, inform them of their scholarship opportunities, and uh, advise them about their career opportunities, courses to take, majors, help them shape their future all in one day. Uh, so we think it's a wonderful opportunity, and we are delighted to give it a shot and see how it works. Yeah, I would imagine that it's going to be a pretty big success. It's this Monday, everybody, and Turo's Lander College for Men is located in Kew Gardens Hills. The contact name and phone numbers are by Arya Mannheim, which is area code 404-455-7638 for information. Again, that's 404-455-7638. But you can just show up noon until 5 on 150th Street in Kew Gardens Hills. Most people in that area know exactly where Turo's Lander College for Men is is located. Uh, Dr. Moshe Sokol is with us, Dean Sokol. Um, so you wanted to mention about specific programs that you wanted to highlight and some of the stats that uh, uh, just exhibit the growth of a Lander College for Men up until this point. What can you tell us? Sure. So um, we track these things, and over an 11-year period, every single student who's applied to dental school, having completed our program successfully, has been admitted. That's a 100% Wow. Acceptance rate in dental schools, not only our own, but across the country. Wow. Schools like Harvard, Columbia, Penn, UCLA, and of course our own dental school, which is doing extraordinarily well. A wonderful place for students to study dentistry. Um, and uh, in, a, in an environment where the Luach has followed, Yom Tovim, Kashras, Minyan, everything. Um, 
over the same 11-year period, every student who's applied to law school has been admitted. Um, 90% of the students who've applied to medical school have been admitted. And uh, as some of you may know, um, uh, doctoral programs in psychology are extremely competitive, very, very difficult to get into. Over that same 11-year period, we have a 95% acceptance rate. Uh, our students score amongst the very highest in the state on a CPA exams. Uh, so if students are looking for a, a really wonderful, warm Mukam Torah where they can grow in learning and has been a Torah and get the kind of education that will propel them into you know, the, really the stratospheres of success in their chosen fields, Lander is a great place. And, of course, I might also add that we have an excellent e evening program, Mondays and Wednesday evenings, for students who learn in local yeshivas, who learn in the five towns, easy commuting distance to Lander, and uh, can come and join us for our evening program as well. Well, wow, talk about the best of both worlds. So it's a full-time day program, and then, you know, the old traditional night college, but in an atmosphere like the one you described, which is, of course, what so many students and parents in our community are looking for. Uh, a great majority of our day students dorm, so it's really a residential experience, right. like a like a classical good yeshiva, like a you know a fine liberal arts college. Students live there, they dorm there, they our students daven there, learn there, go to classes there. It's really a very integrated, wholesome environment in a heavily Jewish neighborhood, which I think is a really big benefit when it comes to a residence uh, situation. Oh, absolutely. Uh, of course, we have our best medrash, which is booming with the Kol Torah, uh, but there are so many, many shuls in the neighborhood and yeah. uh, more restaurants that, can, that I can count <laughs> on my hands and feet. It's just a lot yeah. of Svarim stores. It's just a lot going on. Yeah, I don't know how Queens... Really a Mecca. I don't know how Queens became the capital of Jewish eating, but they're kosher eating, but somehow it happened. Uh, Dean Sokol's with us, the Accelerated Admissions Day at Turo's Lander College in Queens. That's Lander College for Men. Happens on Monday between noon and 5. It's also happening at the Women's Campus on the Upper West Side all day Monday. It's also happening uh, at the Lander College for Arts and Sciences on Avenue J for women from 10.30 until 3 on Monday, for men from 4.30 until 7.30. Contact information specifically for the men's program in Kew Gardens Hills is 404-455-7638. But as you get information about this event, feel free to just show up, uh, bring Everything you have, the transcripts, any information regarding uh, uh, your your um, uh, pre-college career, uh, any questions you have about financial aid and scholarships, you'll be able to ask all of that at all three locations Monday on Turo's Lander College's Accelerated Admissions Day, and everyone should take advantage. Um, uh, Dean Sokol, the, um, one of the reasons that I, I believe we pointed this out two days ago when we spoke with Dean Goldschmidt that this was all arranged is because now post-pandemic or sort of post-pandemic, uh, a lot of students, both men and women, are in this, are some of them at least, are in this you know twilight zone uh, type of situation because they spent so much time trying to get in and out of Israel over the last few months and they weren't 100% sure if they liked the online studying or not and how you know there's just a lot of, of things that were up in the air and now this gives everybody the ability to simply focus and if they've thought about going through the admissions process to college, which normally I would assume takes weeks or months. I don't know. You're the expert on that. Uh, but now it can be done literally in a, you know, in a day. Uh, and, and I think that people need to know, and that's why I, I speak this morning not only to the students who are listening but the parents as well, that those who've had all these thoughts, oh, my gosh, it's way too late to even think about the fall semester, et cetera. Here's an opportunity for them to take advantage and jump in. You are absolutely right, Nahum. It 
the admissions process normally takes time as everything needs to be compiled right. and, and committees need to meet. And this day kind of short circuits some of the bureaucracy. Um, if students or their parents can come in with an official transcript, and if they're eligible for admission, we could admit them right on the spot. Uh, if they have a student copy of the transcript because they don't have their hands on an official transcript, we can provisionally admit them, and just as long as we get the official transcript uh, in due course, which is required by, by law, um, but we can make things happen really quickly. We have financial aid advisors right there so that students can meet with them and get a sense of the scholarship opportunities available for them. Uh, in the next booth will be an advisor or two who can help students sort out their future. So in one day, students can really make a lot of progress in, in working out what they want to do and enabling themselves to start college and our yeshiva as well if they're in the day program um, right off the bat it's really a wonderful wonderful opportunity and and you walk out a student walks out or parents with a student walk out and you know it's sorted out it's worked out i think yeah. met with the advisor they know where they're going they know what sheer might even be work for them if they're uh, what classes they might consider taking what the major opportunities are it, it really helps clarify things and as you say uh, this has been a difficult period of a lot of confusion and, and a lot of uncertainty and anxiety uh, as a result of COVID itself and all of the ramifications. And this is an opportunity to clear away some of that fog. There's a chance for a student to just get a sigh of relief. To, yeah, to have right, which we could all use <laughs> under the circumstances. You could say that again. By the way, I know this is totally out of your purview, but because you know you and I are speaking on June the 24th, I feel I have to share this with you today. The Siegel family is celebrating Chava Siegel's graduation from Turo Nursing School. Oh, Mazel Tov. I appreciate wow, that. Wonderful. I appreciate that very much. And frankly, uh, you know, nursing schools in this country are are not inexpensive. Nursing schools in this country are, you know, often, you know, are very, very difficult programs. Uh, in many, many ways, financial and otherwise, Turo made it possible for us to do this to make her dream come true. And today's a very special day for my wife and I and for the entire family. Well, I can't imagine a better investment that Turo can make than in the Siegel family. <laughs> You've done so much for the Jewish community with your show over these many, many, many years. And uh, it's great that we can help out. You know, in general, um, students who graduate from the Lander Colleges have a foot in the door with respect to Turo's many, many, many graduate programs, including nursing, which is an undergraduate school, right. but uh, medicine, dentistry, uh, law, physical therapy, PA, which is becoming more and more popular, right. uh, pharmacy, uh, you name it, Turo has a graduate school, and some of these schools are very hard to get into, very, very competitive. And coming out of Lander College for men, all the Lander Colleges, really gives students an advantage, and that's something to think about, because when you enter Lander College, you are really um, creating a pathway beyond and that's important because one needs to really think about the future. Yeah, if you have foresight, then this is a really good plan for you. Information about the Lander College for Men Accelerated Admissions Day this Monday, 404-455-7638. You want to speak to her by REA Mannheim, and of course, um, you could be directed at that point uh, to the other campuses as well. Lander College for Women on West 60th Street, they have their Accelerated Admissions Day on Monday. And Lander College of Arts and Sciences, we discussed two days ago. At 1602 Avenue J in Brooklyn has a session for women during the day and then men 4.30 until 7.30 on Monday as well. Dean Sokol's brand new book is entitled The Snake at the Mouth of the Cave. We've made a commitment to invite him back to discuss that. So we'll do that, Bezrat Hashem, in the future, Dean Sokol. And I thank you so much for joining us this morning.
And thank you for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Dean Moshe Sokol, Lander College for Men. Information 404-455-7638. You know, you know the, the bandwagon I've been on for years, everybody. Get a real education. Get a real education. And there are no excuses. We have too many institutions now in our community that really do provide a real education. Take advantage. Think twice before figuring out a drastic shortcut to getting your degree. The uh, traditional uh, authentic method, even if it has to be uh, um, adjusted a bit, uh, is, is the way to go. Maybe I'll discuss that with Dean Sokol the next time as well that he's on the air. More coming up. You're listening to a uh, Thursday morning broadcast at JMN. And by the way, I wanted to note that we have a full pro- day of programming, as you can imagine. Uh, Miriam L. Wallach is going to be speaking to her by Ellie Brazil. He is the director of um, Camp Cayley. He'll join her 10.30 this morning, Eastern Time, on That's Life, right here at the Nahum Siegel Network.
Ari Boyanju Kumi Roni, you heard Sheves Chaverim with Sof Tavar. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com and the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Well, our friends at Artscroll have uh, done it again. 
I um, I mean, I just got the book yesterday, and I got home at about 10.30 last night, so I started reading it pretty late, finished it this morning, and it's amazing. Uh, it's called A Tap on the Shoulder, Rabbi Mayer Schuster and a Magical Era of Tshuva, Jonas and Rosenblum. Many of you may uh, may follow the columnist, very well-known author and columnist, Jonathan Rosenblum. Uh, so Jonathan Jonasson Rosenblum is the author, and uh, Jonasson Rosenblum is with us live via telephone to discuss the brand new book. It's called A Tap on the Shoulder, and remember, you're lucky if you're a Nahum Siegel listener, because when you go to artscroll.com and you order this book or anything, if you use promo code radio, you get a major discount and free shipping. Always use promo code radio when you go to artscroll.com, and in this case, you're looking for Jonasson Rosenblum's brand new book, A Tap on the shoulder at artsgirl.com. Jonas and Rosenblum, an honor, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. It's a pleasure to be with you, Malcolm. I mean, so many people have heard of Rabbi Mayer Schuster. Uh, they heard stories about Rabbi Mayer Schuster. It's amazing to see you put the entire history and so many of the stories in one book. It must have been, it, and especially for you, seriously, because you have an interesting background yourself, it must have been for you a fascinating exploration to read about this man's journey and then to learn about this man's mission. Well, in terms of how fascinating the journey was for me personally, the fascination wasn't in uncovering Reb Mayer's story. I had been writing or talking in speeches about Reb Mayer for for many, many years, and I knew him personally. I mean, when my... <clears throat> When my wife and I came to Yerushalayim in 1979, and we started at Or and she started at the Or Women's School then, it wasn't long before he started sending us Shabbos guests, so we knew him from the get-go. <laughs> and I had actually met him three years earlier, three, two or three years earlier, as a Ulpan student learning Hebrew after finishing law school and taking a year off before starting to practice. So... I knew him uh, pretty well, and I knew I was always fascinated by him because it was clear that he was the least suited person for the task <laughs> that he had set himself of anybody who ever lived. Well, what's also interesting timing-wise is that the era you're describing is like right at the heart of the height of what he was doing. Like you, you, you got to know him at the time that he was, you know, in, in accelerated fashion there at the Cotel. That's right. That's right. From uh, the the late seventies and through the eighties, were definitely the high points. And uh, the excitement of the book for me, in many respects, was that it's a telling of the story of my generation. Right. Uh, Reb Mayer did not bring my wife and I into or Samach, but everybody. There's almost no one from our good friends who we talked to who did not have an encounter with him for whom he was that important. I was sitting next to somebody last night, a Rosh Kabor in the Mir Yeshiva for many years already, and uh, and he wouldn't be here, except that every time he tried to leave, Rav Meir was always there. He took him to meet Rav Noach yeah. Weinberg, and when he came out, Rav, Noach was there, Rav, Rav Meir was there, and then he took him to his Shabbos house. There's nobody... The stories just go on and on, and these are... Yeah. These are mostly friends of mine, so yeah. it's, uh, look, it makes the, it particularly exciting. Look, the list of the people 
the list of the people that that were affected by him, just the ones that are known and the ones that discuss it openly is unbelievably impressive. I mean, anybody who follows, you know, the Jewish community uh, from any vantage point, you know, he hears the names of the people who are now involved in, in real tradition, in our real heritage, uh, all because of him is, is just extremely impressive. Jonas and Rosenblum is with us. The book is called A Tap on the Shoulder. I cannot recommend this book enough. Go to artscroll.com. Now, you mentioned your generation, and obviously when I was growing up, I mean, you can imagine it being in a rabbinic family, uh, you can imagine how much credit the Six-Day War got for this transformation of people in your generation, you know, discovering their heritage and tradition and taking it a lot more seriously. Number one, would you agree that that's the primary factor? And number two, what were the other factors? What were the other life situations that the typical teen or older teen, the ones just finish, just starting or finishing college, were going through that, that brought them to this reality when they got to Jerusalem? I don't think, for Israelis, the 1967 war was a, had a major impact. And I think it also did for many Americans as well. But you have to remember that none of the Baal Shuvah Yeshivas, the first one that opened, probably Deval Yerushalayim in 1971, so they, didn't, they weren't an immediate outgrowth right. of the 67 war. Right. Uh, it, it's funny to say, but the counterculture of the late 60s for all its pernicious aspects, but that counterculture in some ways made the Baal Tshuva movement possible. Explain that. Do you, fact, I, I, I know what you mean, but you got to explain that. Go ahead. No, I mean, there were people, the, 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 as Rob Mayer used to say, you could scrape people off the wall. There were backpackers. There were thousands and thousands and thousands of kids finishing college, finishing the Peace Corps, finishing at some break in their lives, and they simply took off around the world. The TWA, which doesn't exist anymore, but right. TWA in those days had a round-the-world ticket, right. which was quite cheap, and people were going around the world. Now, like a friend of mine who's, uh, you know, he's been a major, major successful invest, investor, but he's also been the chairman of a major keyword organization on American campuses, for uh, for a, a decade or more, right? We know who you mean, right? As he says, as he said, and he's it's, he's not embarrassed about this. Mm -hmm. He's one of the people who doesn't didn't give me a hard time about using his name, Tom Steinberg. Right. So Tom Steinberg said, by the time you've had five near death experiences on a boat in <laughs> Thailand, you know that that the, that the boat the the head of the boat took out a machete and told you to take off your, your money belt or your or the, the money around your neck, right. that you've been in a refugee camp that was run over by the path at Lao uh, <laughs> two days later and everybody was killed, that you, you know, if you watched uh, farmers in Myanmar, which is then Burma, sacrificing to pigs to the harvest guards, and, and you spent $5, which was a fortune for you at that time because you were traveling on a shoestring, to learn a mantra in Bangkok. So when somebody says, would you like to learn something about your religion, you've got no defense. And you, come, and you eventually get to Yerushalayim, you have no defense. Well, how could you say you're not going to learn? You learn about this mantra, you, you watch the harvest, these idol-worshipping uh, sacrifices, 
you've done everything right. else. If How you, can you right. say no to this? <laughs> I guess if you're you're right, if you're intrigued by the most obscure of religious practices, then often I don't want to say always, but then often one must assume you're going to be intrigued by your own heritage. I guess I guess there's something to be said for that. Now you got to I mean, we got to talk about the man for a moment because I mean you emphasize and and it's so amazing to read about it. How everything he did, and and what we know of, you know, the, the the you know the 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 folk tales are, and and most of them are, you know, not real folk tales; they are real. Um, you know that he's you know approaching people at the hotel and schlepping them off the wall and encouraging them to come to yeshiva or to a Shabbos dinner, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you describe in the book how this is completely against his personality; how this doesn't fit in with the type of person, right? Mayor Schuster himself, a a Balchuva. Uh, the type of person he was. What was he, and how did he overcome that to become this king of Kiruv? Well, he was painfully shy. He was an inarticulate uh, kid, uh, very serious, always very serious, painfully shy. Found it hard to. Uh, he found it hard to talk to people. It was. Uh, I mean, in my own case, when he would call us up on Thursday night to ask us whether we could take a Shabbos guest. The conversation would always begin with silence on the other end of the phone, and uh, yeah. and then you'd say, "Is that you, Rabbi Schuster?" Because you learned that, as as I think David Orlovsky once said, he's the only person in the world who introduced himself by not speaking. <laughs> but so you knew um, it was him on the other end. <laughs> yeah. So you, you knew the silence on the other end, and yet this man approached. 20 to 30 people a day for 25 years, or, or more than 25 years. Yeah. Now, that's an astounding thing. You asked, how did he overcome his shyness? Right. How did he overcome the fact that he wasn't extremely articulate? How did he overcome these things? And the answer is, he didn't. He didn't. But that was his, in, in many respects, that was his, his uh, stock in trade. I mean, one woman describes in the book, and I think I described her in Mishpacha magazine last week, she said, I saw him when he tried to talk to me. I felt so sorry for him. How could a person who had such a hard time speaking approach a complete stranger like me? Right. And that made her think something different as well. It made her think he cares about me more than anybody has ever cared about me, because if he's forcing himself against his nature to do this, then he must care about me in, in a way that nobody else has. And that's what they said. That's the, uh, my friend uh, Eliezer Liss, who did the intake, said in the day Yerushalayim in those days, says, every single girl who came in said, I would never, never get in a car with a strange man. But with him, they knew that he, there was nothing that they had to be afraid of him because when he say, okay, we're going to such and such place, then he'd walk 15 feet ahead. Yom Tov Glazer, the famous surfer rabbi, says every time I would see him in the old city, I'd say, stop, slow down, talk to them. I think to myself, how's he doing this? But everybody who thought they could do a better job, no one, no one ever did a better job. No one was ever more effective. Because his wife, I think, put it the best. His wife said... He saw through them, and they saw through him. Amazing. He didn't see the rings. He didn't see the hair. He didn't see the torn jeans. None of that. He didn't see anything besides the shaman. I mean, one woman who worked for him told me 
that uh, at the time he started, he would fix her up on dates. Uh, he'd make shidduchim for her. But she said, at that time, I struggled with my weight. And um, and, uh, and he, he sent me out with fine boys, but nobody was terribly interested. And when I'd say, I think maybe my weight has something to do with it, he was like, it, it was beyond, he couldn't believe that. He couldn't even accept that. He couldn't even, it was just unfathomable to him that there was anything besides the neshama. He didn't see uh, the physical yeah. world. You, you actually, you, right through them. You actually call one of the parts of the book Soul Searcher, and that, that says it all. I mean, he's searching for someone's soul, yeah. and that's all he cares about. You write on page 79, reflecting on the amazing series of events that took place from the time that Rabbi Schuster first tapped him on the shoulder, Jeff took to referring to Rav Mayer as the Willie Mays of the Kotel. Just as the great center fielder Mays knew how to play each ball as it caromed off the center field wall, so Mayer knew how to play young Jews as they backed away from the Kotel. Now, number one, I had to read this on the air because, you know, if I have a chance to work Willie Mays... It's yeah, about- that's all, You're dating us, Malcolm. You know, you remember Willie Mays. I remember Willie Mays. Most of the people out there, well, I should have said Mike Trout. I mean, who my, knows my, Willie tr- Mays? Trust right? me, trust me, my 16-year-old asks me if Mays was as great as they say he was. So even the teenagers know who he is. But my point is that you know, I mean, I'm assuming, and you know, when I was a kid, we always were told the routine was, do you have a place, you know, for Friday night? Do you have a place to eat a Shabbos meal? Right. I didn't realize he was approaching people constantly and asking, you know, want to learn in yeshiva. You know, the Shabbos meal story was always much, much cooler than they do want to learn in yeshiva story. But, but every Wait, you want to find out something about God? Do you want? Are you interested in your religion? Would you like to talk to a wise man? I mean, every day he was down there by the Nate's minion. Uh, most mornings, frequently diving in the Kotel on Nate's Minion. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And your point being with those quotes, your point being that for every individual, he he sensed a different approach, right? He sensed that this is the way to get to this neshama, with this question, and with this type of... Mm, no? no? I wouldn't so, say that. So what's the, so what's the Willie Mays... I mean, so what's the, what's, the what's the Willie Mays reference, then? That he knew what... You know, about each individual, you know, person on the wall. Well, it, it, okay. The central theme of the book, and the central theme that I would say, what do we learn from Rav, Rav Meir is the power of Siyat Right. So he definitely had a a, a cork of Siyat Deshmaya. I mean, they say that LeBron James remembers every play in every game he's ever played. There's uh, some memory there. There was something intuitive about him that he knew. I mean, first of all, in deciding where to take somebody to yeshiva, how far to get them. Uh, uh, sometimes that was just that uh, Asia Torah was right down there, so right. it was easier to get there. Rav Noach was usually available to talk to the people who were off the wall. And, you know, he would take people back and forth, and he wasn't abashed. If somebody said he didn't like this place, I have a, a section in the book where I take two people who are pretty— one is a, a, a really distinguished Tamar Chacham today, mm-hmm. and one is a, is a well-known author. One he brought to Orsamech, and he, didn't, he said, what am I learning Shnayim Ochsin Batawas? Two are holding a Tawas, but I don't know if, I have no idea if I'm interested in this religion at all. So so then he took him to Aish. Okay, now I, now I got Aish. it. He now said, I got it. Like my college dorm room bull sessions, and, I, and, and he wanted to hear Gomorrah. So. Right. No, now I got it. So he had a, he sensed a different approach depending on what the needs were of that specific person. He would guide them in the right, right he way. He never gave up, though. Right. That's the thing is he never gave up. You know, if somebody, he would follow you to a kibbutz. You could push him away. 
he would, you could not, he could not, there was no busha, there was no embarrassment, there was nothing that, uh, there was nothing that he would not do. I remember this on the Opan, the first time I met him, we're out there lying on the grass, young 20 year olds, 20 uh, somethings, lying on the grass, uh, who knows what, and he comes up and getting in our sun, you know, we got irritated, you know, you're standing, how am I going to catch, soak up my rays here? And, you know, and people say nasty things to him. It just didn't affect him. It didn't affect him. And he walked away with one young man that day who went to Yeshiva, and 20 years later was the, the rab of, uh, rab, uh, I think, of Shlomo, of Shlomo Karlbach's uh, Moshev Modi'in. In other words, he, 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 he had no ego. That, that's the key. He had no ego. And as one of my friends said, if you have no ego, the hashkacha, the divine providence can shine through you. Yeah. And no one ever looked at Mayor Schuster and didn't say that the Seattle the, the unfathomable divine help that he gets is, but you have to believe in it. You have to believe in that help. You have to know it's not about you. It's not because you're so great. You couldn't get the word I out of him. One philanthropist who gave him hundreds of thousands of dollars to purchase the girl's Hostel uh, uh, in 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 the old city of Yerushalayim, which was a crucial crucial breakthrough in the whole tshuva movement in the in 1984, said the thing I loved most about him is I could never get him to say I did this. The phrase I made somebody from never would have come off of his lips. Never couldn't have happened. Wow, Jonathan Rosenblum is with us. The book is called A Tap on the Shoulder of a Mayor's Sister and a Magical era of tshuva. You reminded me, uh, I mean, unfortunately, but it's such an amazing account of uh, of his reaction. Uh, you reminded us in the book that uh, he and his wife lost their daughter when she was hit by a car at six years old. He, he sits shiva, and as he's going through this tremendous grief and mourning, and who can even imagine the type of grief and mourning that he and his wife were going through, he's asking... Their oldest child. Right, yeah. their oldest child. He's asking himself... Um, should I be at the Kotel now? There are souls that now during this week need to be guided in the right direction and there's no one there to do it. Should I be at the Kotel now? And thought seriously about, um, uh, about leaving the Shiva house to go, to, to go back to work, so to speak. And he, and he, he asked a serious Shila of a serious posake. Um, you know, during that difficult period. I think that says a lot about him. Well, <laughs> but I, I only want to correct one thing. He didn't say, should I be? He was pushing to him, and he was there on, on Leil Shabbos. I, I believe he was there on Leil Shabbos. That Friday night, but, right. Yeah, that Friday night. But he didn't ask, should I? It was, it was so clear to him that this was a case of saving souls. This was a life this was a matter of life and death that he should be there. And the, the, Shiloh, the question was brought to Rav Eliashev, the, the foremost decisor of that era. Uh, and and he, he, he agreed with the, the, the calculation. He agreed that it was pikuach nefesh, it was life-saving work. And, but he said nobody will understand it, including among those who didn't understand it, was his own wife who found it very painful that his, she told me, she said, I just couldn't understand it. And even when Rav Eliashev himself did something almost unprecedented, 
because he very rarely left his neighborhood in Mea Sharim, came to make a shiva call to to the Schusters. She said, even then, it was it was hard for to deal with it. You couldn't give a week for your for your oldest daughter. This was a girl, six years old, who one couple I met told me on their way back from a summer in Ezra, in the, the the neighborhood in which the Schusters lived. On the plane with her husband, all they talked about for the whole flight was a six-year-old girl. She was so bad. She was so charming. She was so full of life. Everybody knew her. And his wife thought, you can't even give a week. But his sense of mission was so overwhelming. And he was besatted with this girl. Her name was Shatsy, which is a Swiss nickname that one of the neighbors gave her. That's what they called her, Shatsy. And um, yeah, that's the that's wow. the story that captures really everything about her up there. You could say that again. Why? And again, you've seen the scene at the Kotel in that era from both sides, essentially, uh, or from many, really many aspects. Why were there not more people doing this type of thing, or were there plenty of people who were schlepping people off the wall and and asking random people if they want to, you know, spend Shabbos here or there? Uh, but he, but because of his unique style, his background, his consistency, the amount, the number of, uh, the amount of time, and the number of people he reached, you know, he ends up being again, you know, the king of all this. What, was there a big effort at that time in general in Jerusalem, or was he an exclusive? There were others. I mean, we used to get a lot of guests from somebody who flashed like a bright light, and definitely had charisma. It was a single, single young man, not married. Uh, could talk a mile a minute, uh, had a lot of charm, and he flashed bright on the scene for a, a period, a couple years maybe, uh, and then burnt out. There's somebody else with whom Rob Schuster did work named Jeff Seidel, right. who's famous for his saddle shoes right. and can still probably be found at the Kota on, mm-hmm. on, on a Friday night. <laughs> and they worked together. They would, at some point when they, the load became so large. There were hundreds of people going for Shabbos uh, uh, meals that they, they would split it up and they would split out the allocation of people. They worked together for a, a, a fair amount of time. There's a picture of them together right. in the book. Yeah, sure. So Jeff has been at it for a long time. Right, that's true. And there was somebody named Mordecai Edelman who right. maybe worked for uh, maybe worked for Ace. I'm not sure if he was. There were others. There were others. But he was the Even legend. The idea of Heritage House. Uh, Hillel Goldberg has a 1984 article in Jewish Observer where he, I think he may even use soul seekers, he calls it. But he interviews a number of, a number of others. And, uh, and the idea of, of a hostel uh, was an idea that, that a number of people mentioned to, to Hillel Goldberg at the time. The difference was that Rameer made it happen. Rameer right. found the funders. He yeah. found the, <laughs> you know, the it's fu- and, and and I love your description in the book of why he thought it was necessary, especially as Arab and other type of hostels were sprouting up in the area, and he felt it was you know appro- right. not not only appropriate but necessary. Uh, and, and I always wonder about that. You know, the 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 look. We know the style <laughs> that 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 he implemented in order to get people off the wall. We we get that. Uh, and I always wonder when things become official and when an, when an organization needs to be founded and Heritage House has to be established. You know, I, I wonder if the, you know, a, a, of, a, of a certain, you know, pioneering uh, um, aspect to the whole thing, uh, you know, is lost. 
uh, because now, you know, you're an official organization. Now you have an address. You know, it used to be that we were just, you know, (laughs) (laughs) operating on the wall. And now we have an actual place where we have to take care of people. Uh, I mean, I I, I, hear the the heritage house was a qualitative change. It was a leap uh, because he always felt there were a lot of people who had to come in. They needed an intermediate step. Right. And I have some testimony there from uh, somebody, Seth Damsky, right. who's a uh, bus in, in, uh, in Passaic today. He was a Harvard student at the time and spent a little time there. He, you know, he said, if I wouldn't have had an intermediate step, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have eventually come into Asia Torah. I wouldn't, have, you know, they needed, they needed that step. So it was, there's a myth that Rev Mayer did nothing besides tap people on the shoulder. Right. Uh, shoulder. That's not true. And he he had a keen he did have a sense of what of what he was doing, what he was about. Uh, uh, you see a different side of him. There's uh, at, at some point in the book, I bring four letters that he wrote to a right. student who had gone back to America. Yeah, he spent a and lot of see, time. These being, are not uh, these are not matter of fact letters. These yeah. are they're a Megillah. Yeah. He goes into depth. He talks something about the Parsha. He talks. He knew the person was unhappy in America and connected to New York. He, he, they were real personal letters. They took time, and he would write hundreds of them. Uh, I think he chased my one of my sister-in-laws to the kibbutz that she was at. <laughs> and, you know, he just had her address. All he needed was your address. And people would come back to their hostel, and they'd say, Are you Debbie? And she'd say, Yes. Debbie, well, the rabbi's been calling you. He's been there. The rabbi calls every five minutes. Is Debbie back yet? Is Debbie back yet? He was absolutely relentless. I mean, a good friend of mine, you know, when it was, he bought a ticket for Engedi because he looked around for yeshiva. He had gotten out of the army. He had been in the Aleutian Islands. as the only Jew and 3,000 sailors in the Aleutian Islands off of Alaska. He came to Yerushalayim. He went to look for a yeshiva, and he couldn't find one. So they said, okay, Hashem, if you, I looked around your city, I didn't find what I was looking for, and he got on the bus to, he was on the, about to get on the bus to Engedi, and, and uh, Rav Schuster tapped him on the shoulder, and he realized, but he still got on the bus, and then he thought to himself, what a fool. I asked Hashem to help me one more time, and he did. He sent this guy, and he looked at Rav Meir as he was getting on the bus, looking through the window. He said, but he didn't have to worry because Romero had gotten his address and he wrote to him on the kibbutz he was staying on, and he's, he's now the father of 12 kids. Actually, his <laughs> oldest daughter has 12 kids. I mean, in these stories just multiply and multiply. Unbelievable. I, I, and finally, and I, I could do this for hours with you, frankly. <laughs> um, uh, but, but at some point, i got to wrap it up. But uh, finally, you debunk the myth that I frankly grew up with. That if one would buy a watch for a mayor Schuster, it would be the end of all his efforts at the Koto. <laughs> because because the rumor was when I was a kid that the way he opened up a conversation because of his shyness, etc., uh, was to ask people if they have the time. He did, but he was still wearing a watch. <laughs> <laughs> so he had a watch, but nonetheless used it as an opening line. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, That's right. there's a strategy to reach everybody, I guess, and he knew it. He knew that he could reach yeah. every soul. Pretty amazing, I'll tell well, you. Well, he knew that every soul was was reachable. If you look at my column this, in Mishpachah this week, you'll see we just underestimate the power of a Jewish soul. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. I'm sure out of every 10 people that he 
he spoke to probably eight told him to buzz off. Out of right. every two that came right. to a yeshiva or a seminary, uh, many of them didn't stay past right. uh, a day or two at the most. Yeah, he had to deal but with a lot numbers of numbers. Re- mount up. Right. I mean, we're talking about tens of thousands of people who upended their lives, right. changed as, their whole life. As any good salesman knows, he probably went through a tremendous amount of rejection and had to deal with it. Tremendous, and he didn't. That never got him down. I don't think. I think he never was down. In other words, he he, he collected money as a fundraiser. He would take every eighteen dollar check. He was indefatigable. You know, he just the, the he would go to a door. He'd go to somebody a hundred times. Having the receiver slammed on him didn't put him off either. You couldn't insult him. You couldn't push him away. You couldn't get rid of him. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Yeah. How how long is he gone? Uh, seven years, but before that, there was um, a difficult illness, there was a very right? Difficult period of yeah. four years. He had a disease, which is a combination of Lou Gehrig's and Alzheimer's. I mean, it's got its own names, Louis body disease, but it's uh, it's just a horrendous, horrendous disease. And uh, and you know, he was still he was still trying to push through it. He took two trips to America, fundraising trips, which I described there. Yeah. At a time when he should definitely not have been out of the house, um, and he, in those times he did have a shadow with him, and people didn't exactly understand, uh, you know, what was going on. And he still, he just didn't want to give up. And uh, that, that's a that is a sad that's a sad part of his life. So his effective work he probably ended in around two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. Jonas and Rosenblum, the book is a tap on the shoulder. Rabbi Mayer's sister and a magical era of tshuva. I cannot recommend this book highly enough, everybody. Remember, artscroll.com is the website. Order the book. Uh, major discount plus free shipping if you use promo code radio. That's the rule always at artscroll.com. Always use promo code radio. Simple as that. Um, Jonas and Rosenblum, we got to have you on more often. Uh, okay. we, we got, <laughs> there is, I can only imagine someone of your background, your intellect, and now all this experience of living in Israel, I can only imagine how you view so many of the things that go on today, especially in our beloved state of Israel. Uh, did you survive the, did you survive the most recent coalition you've survived so far? The most recent well, so far, we're doing okay. <laughs> yes, we're doing okay. <laughs> you don't but, feel, you uh, don't feel, wait a second. You don't, you, some, you don't feel yeah. the world's coming to an end? You sure? <laughs> no, no. I'm actually I'm much more optimistic about Israel than I am about America. Yeah. So, I mean, you'll see this in my writing. I started writing again in Yetet just because I had so much I wanted to get off my chest that one column a week wasn't enough. I, I mean, I went back to Yetet. I've written there for many years. Right. Uh, but uh, there's so much that, that has to be said. Uh, you know, I think ultimately the future is is here. The future of the Jewish people is here. That's what we always and say, the future, future of the Jewish yeah. peoples in the state of Israel. What city are you from in America? Chicago. Chicago, Illinois. Wow. Yeah, you know what's going on. Yeah. In, you following what's going on in Chicago these days? You mean the mayor? Yeah. The Ray Lightfoot, yeah. The, the, mayor, the mayor and the wanton murder of people, including a Jewish girl who was stabbed, this, was stabbed and murdered this week in Chicago? Oh, no, Dad, I didn't hear about it. Well, uh, in Rogers it, Park? 
Well, I don't know what neighborhood it was in, and the girl was from uh, wow. somewhere in the seaboard, meaning uh, somewhere from Maryland, I believe. But um, it's a, it's just, I mean, what's going on in general, uh, not even speaking at the moment about the Jewish community, just in general, the way the city is imploding. As yesterday, what we need is, the, the, the answer to this violence is stricter gun control laws. I mean, Chicago has the strictest gun control laws in, in, the, in the country, practically. And you, and yet you could still get, uh, an, you can have where 15 people being shot to death over uh, a weekend is not, not rare. And I went, I went to school on the south side of Chicago. I went to the University of Chicago, which is in a ghetto. Oh, so you're a White Sox <laughs> so, fan? I, nope, actually not. <laughs> you're a yeah. you're a South Sider, and you're not a White Sox fan. Well, that's true. But I grew up in a northern suburb, yeah. and the truth is. For the first time in my life, I'm trying to see maybe he would help bring Magula. This is I'm learning the base, the base of Levy and Shalom. I said, you know, it wouldn't hurt me to follow the White Sox too. They've got a great team this year. So I can follow them both. <laughs> well, the two people I discussed the White Sox with and the Cubs with on the air are you and Barrel and Rabbi Barrel Wide. So you're in good company. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I well, thank you. I don't even know who they wrote for. Yeah, I, I think he told me. I mean, he was happy with the Cubs won, but earlier than that, I think he did tell me that that he was pretty happy and shocked to hear that the White Sox had won one as well. So yeah. <laughs> he may well, have the Cubs. Being a lifelong Cubs fan was until 2016 was really a metaphor for waiting for Mashiach. Yeah, and you know, they gave us a lot of hope. If the Cubs, if you know, they say most teams can have a bad year, some have a. But the Cubs are the only team that had a bad century. It's <laughs> amazing. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Much appreciated. Yeah. Look forward to speaking to you again. It's nice to be with you. Jonas and Rosenblum, you know the book, everybody. It's called Tap on the Shoulder. More coming up. You are listening to a Thursday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. For those of you who don't know, that song was inspired by the life and work of our mayor's sister. And if you pay careful attention to the lyrics, I guess that's obvious. The classic Just One Shabbos from many, many years ago, but inspired by Rev. Mayor Schuster of blessed memory. My thanks to Jonas and Rosenblum. What a book. Go to artsworld.com. Use promo code radio. Order the book. 
a tap on the shoulder. It's pretty amazing. Well, many of you are uh, aware of the fact uh, that Fleur Hassan Nahum, who uh, joined us a couple of weeks ago on the air, uh, said to us publicly on, in this forum uh, that there is an effort to actually do a solidarity mission to America. And I told her on the air and said to all of you how brilliant the concept. We know what solidarity missions are in the reverse. We know what solidarity missions are when Israel's in quote-unquote trouble and we go and pay a visit. Well, she sensed, as did other responsible Israeli and Jewish leaders, that there's a tense situation here in the U.S. Anti-Semitism, we see what the attitude was toward Israel during the most recent war with Hamas. And the Fleur said, we're going to do a, a solidarity mission to the United States. And guess what? She's here right now. She's serving, of course, as you know, as Deputy Mayor of Jerusalem, in charge of foreign relations, international economic development, and tourism. Uh, but this week, she is a representative of real Jewish leadership on this solidarity mission to the United States. Fleur, a pleasure and honor to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. It's always wonderful being here. I mean, you pulled it off. You had this amazing concept, and you're actually here. How incredible is that? It really is incredible, and I have to thank uh, Gesher, which is an incredible organization Ah, in Israel that connects between uh, religious Jews and secular Jews and also between Israel and the diaspora. And uh, we both had this crazy idea, and we we got it off the ground. So I'm thrilled that we're here. We came with uh, Chaim Bibas, who is the mayor of Modi'in wow. and the head of the local authorities federation. So he's kind of like the mayor of mayors. Right. Um, today we're joined by Michael Bitar, who's a member of Knesset. And we're literally here to listen and to show our solidarity. That's what we're doing here. Uh, you know the two things that we need. I've discussed this with you both on and off the air. One of them I think you could be a tremendous help with. I mean, we need our, our public officials, our government officials, to be louder uh, when it comes to the uh, to the uh, uh, epidemic of hate that's now going on in this country, in particular, of course, the anti-Semitism that we're so concerned about. But in addition to that, we need Jewish leadership in this country to have the guts to also speak more loudly and to get out there and describe the outrage uh, that Jews are being treated the way they are in this country. Uh, I think with the second one, you could be very effective. Have your meetings with Jewish leaders in this country been fruitful? Absolutely. Look, ultimately, Nahum, like I said, we're here to listen and to find and to help people find solutions. I can't put myself in, in, in the shoes of the local leadership, but I certainly can offer help, support, um, and any type of strength they need in this, in this situation at the moment. I've heard a range. The truth is I've heard a range of opinions, people who are very worried, people who are saying, you know, it was something that happened, the flare-up of the conflict right. and, and corona. And so I think there's a range, especially in New York. New York is a, is a place where you walk around and you see, you know, Jews looking like Jews. It's not, uh, it's not the middle of nowhere where you barely see uh, a visible Jew. Um, and so, you know, we have a dichotomy here. The visible Jews are the ones getting attacked. Um, and on the other hand, people are still very comfortable to walk around. So we're definitely hearing a range of opinions. But I think the most overwhelming feeling is uh, gratitude um, that we're here uh, in the reverse. A solidarity that it's, it's not something that the community here is used to. And I think it's about time that Israeli leadership uh, started to do this and started to give solutions. We're incredible at coming up uh, with solutions to the worst challenges. That's what Israel does. That's, that's our very being. And so this is our time to reach out to our brothers and sisters in the diaspora and say, what do you need? How can we help? 
And that is the really the, the, the spirit of our mission. And of course, I ask the difficult questions as well. But ultimately, we're here to listen and help. You know, it's funny. I think just the fact that you're here and you've expressed that there needs to be a solidarity mission has woken up some of the people who do have leadership positions in this country, in the Jewish community, and they've said to themselves, wow, if it's impor- if this cause is important enough for people to travel now during corona, especially from Israel to the U.S., then, then we need to be paying more attention to all this. So there's really a ripple effect to what you've done, and it's much appreciated. By the way, are you doing, obviously you're doing a lot of private meetings and get-togethers, and understandably so. Are you going to do any type of public presentation, or it's going to remain uh, you know, m- more of the former uh, for this trip? Well, no, it's going to remain sort of private meetings. I'm doing some press, of course. Um, I was invited to a few incredible communities for Shabbat, but the truth is, um, you know, my best friend lives in Great Neck, so I'm just going to go and spend Shabbat with her. Nice. Because <laughs> I haven't seen her in a while. I know the Great Neck community pretty well. They're going to be thrilled to meet you and find out why you're here, frankly. Uh, well, I will be going to shul and telling them, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of involved communities that are very concerned about the situation. Great Neck is one of those communities that has a tremendous um, um, uh, effort going on to increase Aliyah and to look into the prospects of moving to Israel. I'm not accusing you of coming here and telling people that the future (laughs) of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. I know you're in a a sensitive situation, but I can only imagine that that's always in the backdrop when you have these conversations. Well, exactly, Nachum. I'm not here to recruit people uh, for the Jewish agency (laughs) or for Nefesh Benefesh, but um, look, definitely what we've seen talking to my colleagues in the Jewish agency and Nefesh Benefesh is that there is an increase of people applying for Aliyah, and I think that came actually with the corona, rather than what's going on here. Of course, everything is bolstering those numbers. Um, And so in Israel as well, we have to be prepared to help communities abroad, but we also have to be prepared to absorb in the most efficient way the Jews that do decide to make Aliyah. No question about it. Look, I I can't thank you and those who've traveled with you enough. This was a wonderful concept. You've pulled it off, and it's so important that all of us understand why Instead of Israel turning to the U.S., as has been the case for decades, financially, politically, and for so many reasons, there is now a necessity for the United States jury to turn to Israel. And you have actually taken that concept and you've brought it to life with your mission here. And we can't thank you enough for it. Thank you, Nachum. Always great being on your show. I appreciate that. Looking forward to seeing you in Jerusalem if they eventually let us in. Uh, that, that that deadline continues to be moved. Uh, Fleur Hassan Nahum, who is Deputy Mayor of Yerushalayim and has been an unbelievable force. You may recall we first met her in the UAE, who was a major part of our show, um, and uh, a, a major force now in this whole concept, this whole idea of uh, getting people in leadership positions in Israel to come and pay um, solidarity and feelings and uh, and messages of solidarity with people here in the United States. Thank you. Thank you to Fleur. Pretty amazing. want to thank those who are uh, supporting us via our uh, fundraiser, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. I wanted to again mention, because we had done it a drop early, I wanted to again mention that um, uh, today is the yard site of Harry Fruman's father, Yosef Ben Rav Chaim. Yosef Ben Rav Chaim, I want to thank Harry for his uh, donation. And again, we remember Yosef Ben Rav Chaim on this 14th of Tammuz. Those of you who haven't yet given, remember, this is the last 
of the uh, this is the first of the last two days of our fundraiser. Fundraiser ends tomorrow for spring summer. You won't hear from us again till before Rosh Hashanah. So please um, uh, give at uh, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and um, and uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate it very, very much. Um, each day during uh, Mayor Weingarten's Shloshim, and I want to thank the Avdominion of Flatbush, as Dr. Sokol said, they had a beautiful seum last night. Beautiful seum last night. The um, the actual Shloshim per mayor takes place tonight. Tonight's the actual Shloshim per mayor. And um, there we go. And um, each each show during uh, Shloshim, Dr. Lior Gottlieb is studying one of the Shirei HaMalot in memory of Mayor. We are up to 132. Dr. Lior Gottlieb in memory of Mayor Nahum Ben David at JM in the AM. Psalm 132 is by far the longest of the Shirei HaMalot. It's 18 verses, making it twice as long as the runner-up, Mizmor Kuf Kafbet. It is also the only Shira Ma'alot that recounts, albeit poetically, a story about a particular biblical figure, by roughly corresponding with Shmuel Bet, chapters 6 and 7. The psalm opens with a request, Zechor Hashem David et kol un noto, Consider Hashem in David's favor, all his pain. The word un noto, which I translated his pain, is derived from the root ina, just like the word we use for a day of fast, ta'anit. The cause of David's pain was his determination to do everything in his power, including abstaining from basic pleasures, to relocate the Ark, Aron Berit Hashem, to Yerushalayim, thereby publicly establishing Yerushalayim for the first time as a place of worship, Hamakom Asheriv Har Hashem, the location where the Beit HaMikdash will ultimately be built by his son Shalomo. Asher nishba' la Hashem, nadar la'avir Yaakov, imavo be'ohel beiti, how he made an oath to Hashem, vowed before the guardian of Yaakov, I will not enter my own home, nor will I mount my own bed. I will not grant my eyes sleep, nor my eyelids slumber, until I find a place for Hashem, a dwelling for the guardian of Yaakov. When David arrives at the ark's current location, he initiates a new era by seeking Hashem's approval for the consecration of Yerushalayim, using verses that we use to this day when returning the Torah to its place in the Ark. Kuma Hashem limnuhatecha, atav aron uzecha. Koanecha liil bishu tzedek, ba chasidecha yiranenu. Ba'avur David avdecha, al tashev penemishichecha. Rise up, Hashem, to your resting place you and your mighty ark, your priests clothed in victory, and your faithful ones sing in joy. For the sake of David your servant, do not reject your anointed one. And as in Shmuel Bet chapter 7, when David wishes to build the temple, Hashem changes the initiative and instead promises David that he will be the first in line of a royal dynasty. In language similar to David's oath mentioned before, the psalm now reports, Nishba Hashem le David, emet lo yashuv mimenna, mipri vitnecha ashit lechiselach. Hashem made an oath to David, a truth he will never renounce. Of the fruit of your loins shall I place upon your throne. Thus does this mizmor seal the bond between Malchut Beit David, Hamakom Asherivchar Hashem, 
and Yerushalayim. Ki vachar Hashem b'tzigyon, ivah lemoshav lo. For Hashem has chosen Zion, He has desired it as His seat.
JM in the AM. Bavor. Thursday morning, Miami. Uh, I want to thank those who have been commenting on the app this morning. Um, Schwiger says, what a fabulous, uh, fascinating interview with Jonas and Rosenblum. Can't wait to read the book. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a good one. Uh, we're just going to ask what cities from, I heard the Chicago accent from a fellow Chicagoan. <laughs> that's nice. Best wishes to our friends in Surfside, Florida. Yeah, that's an understatement. We're thinking of them this morning with that tragedy. La Ralph says, Nahum keeps on mentioning you can listen anywhere. I'm in Dallas. Traveling to Houston, hopefully we'll be able to see Yoni. <laughs> but it's loud and clear and a perfect way to start the day. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you for checking in on uh, on WhatsApp. Or on the app, I should say, not WhatsApp, on the app. Thank you very much for that. Listener Cena wants me to get her out of the doghouse. Let's see if I could do that. She says, oops, I missed one. A belated but very special, very loud shout-out going out to my amazing grandchildren, Avraham and Adasa Gifter of Farakaway, celebrating anniversary Number two yesterday. Woohoo, guys. Just wow. You're the perfect compliment for each other. Together, you're building a beautiful Yiddish home filled with love, simcha, and joy. May you celebrate many more happy anniversaries together in good health. I'd may have estimated. I love you to the moon and back. Bubby, Florida. Saved by JM in the AM. That's an understatement. <laughs> Don't worry. We, we won't let Bubby, Florida, forget that she was saved by JM in the AM. Trust me. We'll bring it up a few times to say the least. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman, kosher hot dog sausage and deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954. Available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. And don't forget, Trader Joe's has A&H hot dogs during the summer months. Take advantage. After all, it is grilling season. Our friends at Mask... Mothers and fathers aligned saving kids have serviced over 112,000 families since they began 24 years ago. Wow. Uh, they serve all mental health issues for all ages and all stages of life, and Mass gives referrals around the world to people who are in, in desperate need. They have a confidential helpline that is open 10 hours a day, and people can call anonymously. They have parent support groups that are facilitated by therapists only, both by Zoom and in person. They've in school programs, after school programs, community education forums, school camp and therapist trainings for all mental health issues, and of course, parent mentoring available. Donate online and support the work of MASK. Go to maskparents.org, maskparents.org, or dial 718 758 0400. 718 758 0400 for the amazing work of MASK. A lot of good things happening in our community. A lot of good things going on in our community. That is for sure. Full day here on the network. Um, full lineup, as you would suspect. Charlie Harari coming up. Michael Fragan. Allison Josephs. Uh, Miriam Wallach will speak to Rabbi Ellie Brazil from Camp Cayley. We'll live lunch between 11 and 1. Erev Shabbos show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That's uh, Mark Zamek tonight at 7. Just an amazing lineup. So many wonderful things that are happening here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I want to thank a listener, David, just contributed three times high. Appreciate that very, very much. That was a um, 
donation in honor of Naftali Blumenthal's new album, Connecting the Dots. And again, that was from David. So we thank you for that. Uh, please support our fundraiser. It comes to an end. Uh, the fundraiser comes to an end tomorrow. Please support our fundraiser. Go to fjbunity.org. fjbunity.org. And um, be as generous as possible. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and AlchemySegal.com, and the AlchemySegal Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, plenty more tomorrow, a Friday edition. Malcolm Holmline will join us. Plenty more, of course, between 6 and 9 a.m. Make sure to be listening. And, of course, listen all day long. If you don't receive our daily thread or our weekly newsletter, just write to Avrami and let him know. He'll take care of that in a jiffy. AF at NahumSiegel.com. AF at NahumSiegel.com. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. <laughs>